Bible prophecy foretells the establishment of a Palestinian state in the West Bank and that Europe, the origin of the Antichrist, will be involved. And Israeli news sources reported a de facto Palestinian state is in process funded by 3 billion euros from the European Union. This is the Judean area Jesus prophesied about in Matthew 24. We will analyze these events on this edition of End of the Age. everyone. Welcome to End of the Age. Now, I want to talk about this scenario that's playing out in the West Bank area, just over um, in Israel. And But I want to start off with looking at some prophecy, some history, and some geography, and then we'll get into the current events. Daniel 9.27 prophesies that the Antichrist... Uh, which will be a European, will confirm Israel's right to exist in the promised land. This peace agreement will be a a seven-year temporary agreement, and it's going to be a temporary because the status of Jerusalem will be left unsolved until the end of it. The peace agreement will provide for a Palestinian state in the West Bank, and historically and biblically, This area is referred to as Judea. And wow, are they talking about it in the news right now? The agreement will also allow Jews in Judea to remain as a Jewish minority under the new Palestinian state. We know this from the prophecy of Jesus in Matthew 24, 15 through 18, and then verse 21. Jesus said, When you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. So Jesus is on the Olivet Discourse. He's standing on the Mount of Olives, giving the Olivet Discourse. And he says to his disciples, but he's talking to us about the end of the age here. He says, in the future, when when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, This is Daniel 9.27 again. Jesus is referring back to that prophecy. Stand in the holy place. So he's standing on the Mount of Olives overlooking the temple mount. He sees the second temple standing there. So the apostles knew exactly what he was talking about. They knew where the holy place was. And so do we. We know that a second temple stood there. And we know the holy place was on the temple mount. So... Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation, when you see a future world leader stand in the Antichrist proclaiming to be God, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea. So if you're standing on the Mount of Olives, if you're looking to, towards the Temple Mount, directly behind you is the West Bank, all the way to Jordan, 
and which would be the, mo- the um, modern-day West Bank, which would be Judea, Samaria, back in the time of Jesus. So Jesus said, Then, let, what, then let, let, let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains towards Israel proper. And in verse 17, he said, Let's, Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house, neither let him which is in the field return back to get his clothes. And then in verse 21, he says, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So in this passage, Jesus paints a picture of the Jews living under a hostile government in Judea. When the abomination occurs, abomination of desolation occurs halfway through this final seven-year agreement. The Jews living in Judea will have to flee for their lives. We're seeing this situation, being the stage being set for all of this right now. This event will launch the final three and one-half years called the Great Tribulation. Now, it's really amazing. This scenario Jesus painted... 2,000 years ago is exactly what is presently being discussed in the negotiations with different nations around the world, the the international community, especially with um, the United Nations General Assembly, that different nations are calling for a two-state solution and things with Israel. And so it's being talked about. Well, and it's been talked about for years. Well, the Palestinians contend that the only hope for peace between them and the Israelis is a two-state solution. They claim that their state should be established in Judea, the West Bank, and the United States, the European Union, and the United Nations, they all agree the two-state solution is the only viable solution to the conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians. The Bible also tells us the Antichrist, who will be a politician from Europe, will be the one who confirms the final covenant between the Israelis and the Palestinians that starts the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon. Now, you got to remember all this when I get into the current events here in just a moment. It's all going to tie together and we're seeing the stage set for all of this. Back again in Daniel 9, 27, the Bible says, And he, the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. It's a week of years, a seven-year period. In the midst of that week, or in the midst of that final seven-year period, it's referred to by most prophecy teachers as Daniel's 70th week. The Bible says, He, the Antichrist, shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So the question is here in many minds, who is the he that confirms the covenant? He does three things. The he does. Number one, Bible says he confirms the covenant, right? Well, the Antichrist confirms the covenant. If you look in Daniel chapter 11, verses 20 all the way down to the end of the chapter, it's describing 
the actions of the Antichrist. So it's Daniel eleven twenty one through 45. That describes the actions of the Antichrist. In verses 21 and 22, he is called the Prince of the Covenant. So the he that confirms the covenant is the Prince of the Covenant, Daniel 11. So you can see this is one of the clues that proves, now I'm going to get to a couple more clues, but really this proof right here calls him the Prince of the Covenant. And I'll get into the prophecy a, a lot more here in just a moment, but I want to prove all these things and show you how the current events are setting the stage for this for the fulfillment of this prophecy. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. The seven vials are coming in the form of sores, darkness, great hail, people being scorched with immense heat, and more. Bible prophecy shows us that each of these judgments will be far worse than anything imaginable. The good news is there is hope. In our brand new video, learn how to be immune from these gruesome judgments and have peace in the end time. This month only, get our new DVD, The Seven Vials, with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call us at 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. This offer is only valid through the end of the month. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call 800-END-TIME. So the first proof that it's the Antichrist that confirms the covenant, the he in Daniel 9, 27, is that Daniel 11, 22, Daniel 11, verse 21 and 22 calls him the prince of the covenant. The second proof is that he causes the sacrifice and the oblation to cease in Daniel 9, 27. Well, in Daniel 11, 31, it says the Antichrist stops the sacrifices. And then the third proof is that Daniel 9.27 says that he places the abomination of desolation. Daniel 11.31 also states that the Antichrist places the abomination that makes desolate. So since the Antichrist does all three of these things, we have absolute proof that the he refers to, the he in Daniel 9.27 refers to the Antichrist. 
The Bible also tells us that the Antichrist will be from Europe. And this is very important with the current event that I'm going to go into in just a moment. But there's actually more. And this is, uh, uh, this is something I wanted to kind of clear up here. Daniel 9.26 says, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The people of the ruler that shall come, the Antichrist, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. This happened in 70 AD when the, when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. They burned it to the ground, right? Notice that the part says, And the people of the prince that shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. There have been some that have taught that because the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the temple, that the Pope is the prince of the covenant and will, that the Pope will be the one that confirms the covenant with many. But now you know how to prove scripturally that this is simply not the case. The Antichrist does not have to be a Roman necessarily. Remember, when when you you must use every scripture pertaining to a topic when you're trying to understand these prophecies. Other prophecies allude to the Antichrist as an Assyrian. And still other prophecies say that he will emerge from and have his power base in the current European Union, which has about half a million Assyrians that have migrated there. So it's really pretty simple. Once you understand the 50 prophecies or so of the Antichrist and his origins, it all fits perfectly. When the Antichrist comes, he will rule over a revived Holy Roman Empire. He will also confirm an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement in the near future. So now that we've tied the Antichrist, which comes out of Europe, into having a hand in the creation of a Palestinian state in Judea, now that brings us to the current event. And, you know, if we have time, I'll uh, go a little deeper into the prophecy. I'm not sure we'll have time on this session, but I will, uh, I'll do my best. So first you need to understand, when we go off into the current event, you need to understand the divisions of the West Bank to understand what's going on here. The 95 Oslo II Accord divided the West Bank into three types of areas. There's area A, area B, and area C. According to the Jerusalem Post, area A is the space, now we're talking about out in Judea, the West Bank now. Area A is the space in which the Palestinian Authority has political and military jurisdiction over its residents, all of whom are Arab. That's Area A. This area comprises what? About um, 18% of Judea and Samaria's landmass out in the West Bank region. When I say West Bank, okay, so what am I talking about? The, uh, in the 1967 war. You've seen the border. You can go look at all maps and things like that. Jordan controlled all of the West Bank up until 1967. When the, when the Six Days War hit, Israel drove Jordan back across the, the Jordan Valley to the present day borders. And that area right there is the West Bank region. 
And so that's why sometimes we'll refer to it as the West Bank and then Israel proper. It's the area they had pre-1967. But it's actually all Israel uh, except for some of these regions right now where the PA has been given control. It's all Israel, but they've been given control of some of it. And that's what's made uh, some people in the international community fairly upset up to this point, right? So, according to the Oslo Accords, the Palestinian Authority was never given jurisdiction over Israeli citizens and foreign nationals. Israeli citizens have the right to enter and pass through Area A unmolested, provided that they are they're not involved in an illicit activity, in which case the PA, the Palestinian Authority, can they can only temporarily apprehend them until they are transferred to the Israeli authorities. Joint Israeli-Palestinian Authority patrols were intended to handle these cases. So remember I said it was divided into three areas. Well, there's Area A, there's Area B, which comprises approximately... Uh, I think it's 22% of Judea Samaria. So in area B, Israel and the Palestinian Authority, they share jurisdiction. Israel enjoys exclusive jurisdiction over the the Jewish inhabitants and exclusive authority over security for both its Arabs and Jewish inhabitants. So it has become a a mess over the years, you can only imagine. The, The... the Palestinian Authority has political, administrative, and police jurisdiction over the Arab inhabitants, and they're subject to its laws. They pay the necessary taxes. They benefit from the same public services that the Palestinian Authority provides in Area A. And strictly speaking, only the IDF and the Israeli police can make arrest in Area B. Most of the geographic uh, Judea and Samaria, 60% of the area, is is, uh, designated to Area C, over which Israel has exclusive jurisdiction, both administratively and in security matters. And so Area C's distinguishing characteristic is that it is really a... kind of like a sparsely populated area by Arab or Jew, Jewish inhabitants. And um, so most of this area lies east of the populated uh, mountain spine from um, Jenin in the north to Hebron all the way down in the south. And the Jordan Valley, uh, the south Hebron hills and the area in the vicinity of... Um, Mali Arumim, from east of Mount Scopus to Jericho, they are by far the most politically contested spaces in Area C due to both Jewish settlements and Israeli security concerns. So that's really areas A, B, and C. You really kind of got to get a, a feel for what's going on in the West Bank right now. There are already Palestinians living in there, many, many of them. And so it's become, there's been just much conflict over the uh, years where they say, hey, you know, Israel is building settlements where they're not supposed to. They're illegally occupying that land according to the, the um, resolution 2334 that was passed by the United Nations Security Council resolution, which the Obama administration allowed that to pass 
on their way out of office. And so that's how the international community views this situation. However, remember when I tied the Europeans and the Antichrist into a, the creation of a Palestinian state in the end time, prophesied in scripture that the Antichrist would confirm the covenant with many, the peace agreement that will be signed between the Israelis, Palestinians. Well, the Israeli, Israel National News, they published an article, the Palestinian state is in process funded by 3 billion euros from the European Union. Now, we're sitting here watching this the European Union, which is the, and if I have time, I'll get into some of the prophecy. But the European Union is the revived Holy Roman Empire, which was not in power at the time the prophecy was given by Jesus in Matthew 24. The Roman Empire was in power, but not the Holy Roman Empire. Two different things. And so Jesus was saying, hey, there, and, and, and other prophecies, but Jesus was talking about this specific area. Let them which be in Judea flee. And other prophecies tell us that the EU is going to be involved and in power. The reborn Holy Roman Empire, they'll be in power of the world government in the end time. And the, the Antichrist will be the leader of that. And he will be the one that confirms the covenant between Israel and the Palestinians. So it all ties together and with this article that I'm going to share with you, excerpts from it, it's showing us that the stage is being set for this eventual peace agreement. Now, the article says this, and I'm quoting, I'm just going to pull some excerpts from it. Each EU country has its own sphere of influence in Judea, Samaria, and East Jerusalem. EU, the European Union, EU countries send money and experts into the West Bank. Now, remember the West Bank areas A, B, and C. Palestinians build entire neighborhoods and forget about the planning permission. So, becoming quite the, the, um, the catastrophic situation eventually there because... They're doing things they're not supposed to be doing. And Israel, you know, what does Israel do? Do they, do they buck up against the European Union? And so it's, it, it, they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. The question is, what's going on in Area C? Which is sparsely populated again by the Arab or Jewish inhabitants. And the Arabs were given tr- control of area A and some of B. But then now, what's going on in area C? Well, that was a question that the Israeli um, national news posed to Gilad Ak, director of the Adkan nonprofit organization. And the answer that they received was really pretty shocking. According to Ak, While Jewish construction in Area C has been severely curtailed, if not outright frozen during recent years, Palestinian construction under the auspices of the Palestinian Authority 
is going moving right ahead. Funded by member countries of the European Union. Now, <clears throat> this will greatly come into play when think about this, the leader of the European Union, the leader of the world government who will be a European politician will want to sign an agreement in the near future. They have already had a great hand in the in the West Bank region. So Area C, again, going back to the article, is under effective Israeli control. And in the event of a, fe- a future peace deal, now this is from the article, in the event of a future peace deal, remember what I said about Bible prophecy, that the Antichrist will confirm a peace deal, a covenant with many for a final seven-year period. Well, the article says in the event of a future peace deal, Area C will likely be included within Israel's sovereign borders. But this hasn't stopped countries like Germany and Great Britain from transferring huge sums of money to the Palestinian Authority to be used for Palestinian construction in Area C. So the latest installment of 100 million euros from, comes from Germany and on the Israeli side, no one is doing anything about it whatsoever. So this is an old story, even if you're hearing it now for the first time, because it goes all the way back to 2012, when a number of EU countries, primarily Great Britain and Germany, decided to convert the humanitarian aid that they were transferring to the Palestinian Authority into practical assistance toward establishing, here it is, a de facto Palestinian state without taking into account views of the state of Israel on the matter. In fact, without even informing us uh, of Israel of what they were intending to do. So now you can see how this could really be setting the stage for this future peace agreement that will be confirmed with an EU politician, which will be, we know it's going to be the Antichrist. And once that is signed, that starts the final seven years, and it has all the characteristics that go along with the prophesied agreement, then that agreement would start the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. Many people up until this point had no idea that Europe was putting so much money into and helping to build a de facto Palestinian state in the West Bank as we speak. And they've got more plans for it as we go along. They're going to pour a lot of money into it trying to create that. Folks, this is setting the stage for the eventual signing of a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Isn't this amazing to see how the stage is being set for this eventual signing of the peace agreement? And EU, the EU members are going to be intricately involved in this. A few more excerpts from this article. To date, the EU member countries have transferred around 120 million euros toward building an Area C. And from their perspective... The battle is already over in areas A and B, and now they've moved on to take control over areas that were designated as Israel-controlled in the Oslo agreements. They don't care about that. They're going right ahead and actually building a Palestinian state right in the middle of area C. Ock explains that the, uh, the latest installment of 100 million euros is part of a wider investment plan totaling 3 billion euros budgeted until 20, the year 2030 to advance the building of a Palestinian state. The European countries send over their experts who hire local engineers and architects to assist with the planning. Then they send over the money. And nowhere is Israel part of the picture. The funds are funneled through the Palestinian Authority engineer Jihad Rabia, who heads a local office under the jurisdiction of the Palestinian Authority. Rabia receives the plans and then implements them. He's the one who transfers the funds to local contractors and and then the building starts. Plenty of money has already been transferred. Uh, And what's different in 2021 is that they made the decision to move from a pilot plan to implementation and and then wait to see the Israeli response to actual construction. This is now happening before our very eyes. And so many are saying, well, hey, what's Israel's response, right? Well, Ak actually said that this is illegal construction that we're talking about. None of it has gone through the regular channels of obtaining planning permission and so forth from the uh, civil administration. 
They are appropriating territory, designating it for whatever purposes they decide on, and building home after home, entire neighborhoods even. And we're not seeing any Israeli enforcement of the law due to the pressure on the part of the Europeans to turn a blind eye to what's going on. So the Palestinians told them, told them this explicitly, that they know that even if the civil administration does, does uh, try to get involved, all they have to do is appeal to the EU, which will exert diplomatic pressure and end of story. The government is simply afraid to get involved, even in Area C. Now, that's a big problem, but it could be setting the stage for an eventual agreement. As far as uh, breaking Israeli law goes, the EU is obviously doing so without compunction. However, their actions also contravene the Oslo agreements. So how do they justify that? Well, Ock said that I imagine that if they were asked, they would explain that Oslo was meant to be an interim agreement on the way to a final status settlement And that since no progress has been made for years towards the final status settlement, they got fed up with waiting and decided to take matters into their own hands. The final status settlement we're talking about would be possibly the peace agreement that would start, the prophesied peace agreement that would start the final seven years. They'd probably settle on everything but Jerusalem. It looks like that's what's going to happen. But the article says, and what about the current Israeli government? Will the government of change make changes here. Well, everyone in the current government is well aware of what's going on, Ock said. But from knowing about something to doing something about it's a long, long way. He said it, it, he, he, he just, he's kind of uh, has nowhere to turn here. He doesn't know what to do. So the question is, and this is kind of, uh, this is some big news, folks. But my question is, is this setting the stage for the future European politician to sign an Israeli-Palestinian agreement? Well, of course, only time will tell on that. We'll keep an eye on this and make sure we keep you up to date on what's going on. But it is a huge development that Europe is wanting to put 3 billion euros into building a de facto Palestinian state in the Middle East right there in the area of Judea, the West Bank, by 2030. So, getting back to the prophecy now, let me tie the, um, the Holy Roman Empire, the current European Union, let me tie that in a little bit more with the prophecy to, and talk about some more about uh, the Antichrist. So the Holy Roman Empire reborn. It, it's the European Union. And let's talk about the origin of the Antichrist because it really ties all of this in. Why is Europe so vested in the Palestinian Authority that they would want to spend $3 billion by 2030 building a de facto Palestinian state? Well, the Bible tells us this is exactly what's going to happen, that, that the Antichrist, who will be a European politician, will be the one that finally confirms the covenant with many for that final seven-year period. So the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire, it's very important you understand about that. It actually happened November 3rd, 2009. 
One reason this prophecy is so important because the Antichrist will come out of this reborn Holy Roman Empire. If we, if we can acquire the right understanding of the Holy Roman Empire, then we can know what's really going on in our world today. The prophecy found in uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 31 through 45. Now, at the time it was written, Israel was under Babylonian captivity. Daniel, along with the three Hebrew children, were among the first to go into captivity. And they were placed into leadership positions early on. Daniel quickly became one of the spiritual advisors of Nebuchadnezzar. And he was the king of Babylon and he ruled the entire earth at the time. One night Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dream. But though he knew it had an important message, he couldn't remember what his dream was. You ever done that? So Daniel was called on to tell the, to interpret, tell him the dream and then interpret the Nebuchadnezzar's dream after the king's chief wise men could not do so. When the chief wise men couldn't uh, tell him his dream, Nebuchadnezzar set in motion to kill all of the wise men in the kingdom. And when Daniel heard about the king's plans, he told the king, he said, hey, though he didn't, he couldn't uh, know or interpret the dream himself, he did serve a God who, receive, who reveals the secrets of men's hearts. And he could reveal his dream. So Daniel, the three Hebrew children, they fasted and prayed. And while Daniel slept, God allowed him to dream the dream, the king's dream, and provided him the interpretation. In Daniel chapter, this would be what? Chapter 2, verse 31 through 35. I'm going to uh, give you the New King James Version. Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar his dream. He said, you, O king, were watching and behold, a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you. And its form was awesome. The image's head was of fine gold, chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron mingled with, partly with, with, of iron partly with clay. You watched while a stone was cut without hands which struck the image on the feet of iron mingled with clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, silver, and the gold, they were all crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried the, um, the, it away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, that's quite, quite the dream, right? Um, so as Daniel revealed the dream, the king began to remember and he acknowledged, hey, Daniel's God could indeed reveal the secrets of men's hearts. Then Daniel interpreted the dream for the king. He said in, this would be Daniel chapter 2, verse 37 through 45. He said, you, O king, are a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beast of the field, or, the, or the, the, the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand. He ruled the entire earth. The known world, I should say. And has made you to be ruler over them all. You, O king, are the head of gold on the statue that he saw. But after you shall arise other kingdoms inferior to yours and then another a third kingdom of bronze 
which shall rule over the entire earth. That's a very key uh, clue right there. All of these kingdoms will rule over the entire earth during their known era. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron. Inasmuch as iron breaks into pieces and shatters everything, and like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all others. Whereas you saw um, the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong, but yet partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they shall not adhere to one another, just as the iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all the kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. And that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. So, the head of gold was Babylon, the kingdom of Babylon, ruled by Nebuchadnezzar. That was the the head of gold and it symbolized the Babylonian kingdom which ruled the entire world during that era. The arms and breast of silver on the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw were the kingdoms of the Medes and the Persians. Remember, these symbolized nations that would rule the entire earth during their era. So you had, if you do your history, you had the Babylonian Empire, then the Medes and the Persians defeated the Babylonian Empire. The night of um, Belshazzar's feast, where the handwriting on the wall. That night, the Medes and the Persians uh, conquered Babylon. Who do the belly and thighs of brass represent? Well, of course, Alexander the Great conquered the empire of the Medes and the Persians. This began the Grecian Empire. Greece ruled the world for the next, what, couple hundred years from 331 B.C. to 197 B.C. So you can see as we go down through here, these are... The Bible prophecy ties into history perfectly. We know who these empires are from history. And so when we get back from the break, I'll take you through a little bit more history, some more prophecy. Uh, That way we can understand this prophecy. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. In 197 B.C., the Romans defeated the Grecians and began their reign. The legs of iron symbolized the Roman Empire, and it was the strongest and it lasted the longest. They ruled from 197 B.C. to around uh, 284 A.D., and they were in power during the time of Jesus Christ. But notice this, as we move from one segment to the next of the image, the metal changes. It changes from gold to silver to brass to iron until the last segment. Then we move from legs of iron to feet of iron mingled with clay. This time, the metal carries over into the next segment. And this indicates that the last empire will not be the Roman Empire, but it will be related to the Roman Empire. The Roman element continued from 300 A.D. until 800 A.D. And then, in 800 A.D., the Holy Roman Empire was born. The Holy Roman Empire, uh, totally a secular empire. But the, the Holy Roman Empire was an alliance of church and state, an alliance of uh, politics and religion. The Holy Roman Empire was born on December 25th, 800 A.D., when Pope Leo III placed the crown on the head of Charlemagne, and announced that he was now the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. The depiction of the feet of iron mingled with clay symbolized the Roman element, the iron, and also the religious element, the clay. The Holy Roman Empire ruled the world for the next 1,000 years. The leaders who ruled the Holy Roman Empire were always a dual leadership of a political leader from Europe. Now, Remember this as we tie this into the current event that's going on today with Europe in the Palestinian uh, territory, funneling so much money in there. So the uh, leader of the Holy Roman Empire, always the the, uh, dual leadership, a a political leader from Europe, and the spiritual leader, the most powerful spiritual leader from Italy. The spiritual leader was always the Pope of the the, uh, Roman Catholic Church of the Vatican. So this prophecy from Daniel 2 says a stone came down out of the mountain, smote the image on the feet. It says this stone represented the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God would come and destroy all the governments of men. And, you know, throughout the Bible, we are told that mankind's going to be allowed to rule himself until the time of the kingdom of God. Once mankind realizes he doesn't know how to rule himself, God's going to come put down the thrones of men and establish his kingdom, a kingdom that will never pass away or never be destroyed. 
And this is what the stone coming down from the mountain represented. The stone or the kingdom of God smote the feet that were mingled with iron and clay. And this is how we know that the Holy Roman Empire will be in power at the time the Messiah comes to put down the thrones of men and establish his physical kingdom on the earth. Now, some say, well, the Holy Roman Empire ceased to exist back in 1806 as the last elements of the Holy Roman Empire decayed. Well, this is actually not true because we have watched the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire over the last, uh, what, 50 years or so. So in Daniel 2.44, it says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it, it shall break in pieces, consume all the kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So these kings referred to in Daniel 2.44 was symbolized by the ten toes on the image. The ten toes are the last part of the entire world government structure. The gold, silver, brass, iron, and feet of iron mingled with clay. It's, a, it's symbolic of a world government structure all the way back to the time of the Babylonian Empire. From the time of, what, uh, 600 B.C. until the second coming of Jesus Christ, the, the, which is when the Roman Empire ran. These ten kings, or the ten toes on this structure will be in coalition in the end time and support the Antichrist in the end time. They'll be, they will be nations. Now, what are we talking about? Okay, so we're talking about the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire and where it's found in Scripture. We're talking about the ten-king alliance that will support the Antichrist. And it's, it, I, I don't have time to go into all the prophecy, but the ten toes on Revelation 2, Nebuchadnezzar's um, statue, it's the same thing as the ten horns in Revelation 13 and 17 and 18, the seven-headed ten-horned beast. That's the exact same thing. Ten, Norse, ten nations that will form an alliance with the Antichrist in the end time. So, this prophecy is found in what? Revelation 17, 12. Revelation 17, 12 depicts the ten king alliance that will support the Antichrist as ten horns instead of ten toes. It's the exact same thing. Both of the prophecies symbolize the last ten nation union that will give its support to the person who will rule the end time world government right before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Revelation 17, 12 and 13 says, And when the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as of yet, but received power as kings with one hour with the beast. It does, that's not talking about a 60-minute hour. It's talking about just a short period of time there. These have one mind, and they shall give their power and strength to the beast. So the world, the beast here, represents the end time world government and the Antichrist. And the ten kings will receive power as kings one hour with the beast. The one hour represents just a very short period of time. And the kings have one mind, which will be the one world community, which is also being established right now. 
So world decisions are made through a common one world governmental mindset. Revelation 17, 14 says, These shall make war with the Lamb when He comes back, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. This is going to be happened during the, the uh, battle of Armageddon. And they that are with him, they that are with Jesus when he comes back, they are called, chosen, and faithful. So Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? When Jesus returns to establish his kingdom, these ten kings in alliance with the Antichrist will fight against him. And these ten kings are the reborn Holy Roman Empire. And that's already happened. The rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire transpired back on November 3rd, 2009. On November 3rd, 2009, in a monastery, the, uh, the Lisbon Treaty was signed. And it was at this time that the Holy Roman Empire was reborn. The Holy Roman Empire is the entity that will be in power. Now, what's the Holy Roman Empire? It's the current European Union. So this Holy Roman Empire is the entity that will be in power on earth at the time of the Antichrist and the false prophet and the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Folks, the Holy Roman Empire was reborn November 3rd, 2009. Say, well, I don't know if we're living in the end time, Dave. Really? We're, we're so far, we're, we're almost to the culmination of this whole thing. The end of this age. When the Lord will come back, set up his kingdom here on the earth. So um, the Lisbon Treaty, it provided that once the Constitution was signed, Europe would have its own permanent president, foreign minister. And of course, a few weeks after the signing of the Constitution back in, uh, what, on November 19th, 2009. Remember, Herman Van Rompuy of Belgium was chosen as the first permanent president of the European Union. Catherine Ashton of Great Britain was chosen to be the first foreign minister, not of an individual nation, but of the European Union. Okay? Do away with the borders, do away with all the tariffs. Now we all yield up our sovereignty to the European Union, the reborn Holy Roman Empire. Revelation 17, it, it pictures the governmental system of this reborn Holy Roman Empire as a beast with seven heads and ten horns. It also shows a woman riding on the back of the beast. The woman is the symbol of the false religious system in the end time. And the beast she is riding is the symbol of the world governmental system. It's that union. The, the woman's going to be the power of, of, of the... Um, this will be the power of the Antichrist. So this is the union of politics and religion. The ten horns... And the ten toes in, in this prophecy symbolize the ten nation union. So out of this ten nation union, the iron mingle with clay, the Antichrist will rise up, uproot three of those kings. Remember, he uproots three horns back in Daniel 7. So all of these prophecies tie together perfectly. And this Holy Roman Empire, which has been reborn which is the current European Union, this will be the power base of the Antichrist, and it's now established and awaiting their arrival. Okay, now, 
let's bring it right back up to the current event that I went through. The European Union planning to pour 3 billion euros into create the creation of a, pal- a de facto Palestinian state in the West Bank area, which is exactly where Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, let them which be in Judea flee. Who's that going to be? Jews that are living out there as a Jewish minority, they're going to have to flee. There's going to be something about the Antichrist. Remember, Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, what's the abomination of desolation? When the Antichrist stands in a rebuilt Jewish temple, proclaiming himself to be God. That's the abomination of desolation. When you see that event occur, those living out, those Jews living out there as a Jewish minority in that Palestinian state, they're going to have to flee in, over into Israeli, Israel proper. The, the scenario Jesus painted 2,000 years ago in Matthew 24, we are seeing the stage set for that right now. They're pouring money into the Palestinian Authority that Europe is. And they're building neighborhoods and houses in Area C. And the Israeli government is doing nothing about it. And so we're seeing the stage set here precursors to the eventual time when a European politician will be, he will come in and he will negotiate a deal along with many others. The international community is going to have to be involved. The European Union, the United States will probably be involved. Many people. He's going to, Bible says he will confirm a covenant with many for a final, it's going to be a final seven year period Folks, we're watching, we're we're seeing precursors to the fulfillment of this prophecy as we speak. What does that want, what does that mean for me and you? It means we should make our get our affairs in order, right? There's a great revival prophesied for the end time, and we've got to prepare for that. Because we don't have much time left. We're way off into the end time as we speak. We've got to make sure that we're preparing for the times just ahead. And so I want to say God bless each and every one of you and thank you so much for joining me on this edition. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.